guys, this is how I see an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Today is my 60th day as being an entrepreneur. And so as I see it, is that an entrepreneur is a promoter of their own party. Yeah. Uh, I lay on the scale, you gotta glow, gotta glow. I'd like to welcome everyone to another episode of the Let's Get a Podcast. I'm your host Zeke, and in this episode, I have a great entrepreneur named Tamika Jeffrey to talk about her journey in entrepreneurship and the hiring process as a whole. You can go to her website, mydreamstaffing.com, to get more information. I hope you have a nice day. And enjoy the show. So I would say anime, animation of, um, sounds racial, but of a black girl in a white mixed, like in a white environment, because that's how I started. I was um, the only black girl in a all white Catholic school. And to swim out of it and to become something better. So that's what it would be. It would be an animation of me in this white world and with the name of Tamika, the ultimate black name, <laughs> you know, and to come into something that's like where now everyone sees me as equal. And before I didn't see myself as equal. And now I see myself as on the same playing field. So it would be an anime. Now, it would definitely be two installments. It would like no, it would definitely be 20. No, it would definitely be like two or three installments of um, just from the beginning, then the middle, which will be like junior high, high school, and then the real life. Like real life would be more of now and seeing myself like prosper and how you can make it out of anything by just continue to dream. Yeah. So that would be my story. Not only to be an entrepreneur, but just to be better in life. That's how I, I I'm happy I am an entrepreneur and I can affect many, but um, my story would be more of how to make it with the power of happiness. Um, I consider myself one of those individuals that things like I can tell you many things that happened to me in life, but the power of smiling through it and believing in yourself, um, that's what got me to where I am now. And then I just happened to be an entrepreneur. But before then I was an employee, you know, I was a student. <laughs> so it's many levels. Um, but if you just keep like dreaming and you keep that power of happiness, that's the name of, of my enemy. It's called the power of happiness. Yeah, that would be correct. Because uh, um, how else can you get through it? As far as blaming someone or having doubt on yourself, now you're definitely not going to make it through. But if you look at it on the flip coin where everything that happens, and it's hard to understand that when you're younger, but everything that happens is for a reason. Mm -hmm. And that that reason is like making you greater when yeah. you have that outlook. All you can do is like smile. Like I smile that he broke up with me. I smile that I got a D, mm -hmm. you know, in psychology, but I, you know, I minored in it. Like it's just 
a lot of different things that's going to come your way. And if you don't have that power, mm -hmm. either the power to succeed or the power of happiness or the power to dream, then you're definitely going to be the one on the sideline saying, I wish I could play. Yeah. I wish I could play. So in order to play, you, you have to believe in yourself and keep that power of happiness or commitment. Mm -hmm. So with that, what kind of, what does an entrepreneur mean to you? Um, that's funny because this is how I see an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Today is my 60th day as being an entrepreneur. And so as I see it is that an entrepreneur is a promoter of their own party. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> I'm promoting my party. I want everyone to come. This is only my party. And that's yeah. how I see it. You have to put in all the legwork. You're mm -hmm. up, you're making the flyers, you're passing it out, you're marketing yourself. Mm -hmm. um, yes, you can outsource all these companies to do it, but it's really your party. Yeah. And if you're not promoting it, then no one's going to hear about it. So I see an entrepreneur as a party promoter for okay. their own party. <laughs> and did you always have like that kind of mindset or was it built like you just slowly built on top of experiences you had? Um, I think I always had that mindset. Um, I've gone to my father. I'm going to just mm -hmm. blame my father. So my father mm -hmm. was, um, he had like grocery stores and um, lounges like he was always that type of innovator where mm -hmm. it, he didn't want to depend on someone else to put the bread and butter like on the table he wanted to do it and so mm -hmm. I started really at Baruch like no it goes back because I started that's how I, I'm from Ohio mm -hmm. and I moved to New York City to write business plans yeah. so that was my own thing I'm like okay and then I got here and I seen the rent mm -hmm. <laughs> No, it didn't fly. Um, and so when I started Baruch, uh, my son was diagnosed with autism and I mm -hmm. wanted to be there for him, but I still wanted to finish school. Like, yeah. how can you do both? So I started selling um, hair extensions and natural gemstones at Baruch. And I would mm -hmm. recruit individuals to go to Jacob Javis Center with me and to mm -hmm. Vin. And so that like is where it really like the bug really began. Not only can I help a person make a small amount of income, but I can mm -hmm. also like, create something for myself. Yeah. And that's really where it started. And um, once I got that bug and I continue to work at other companies i've always seen ways for them to improve mm -hmm. like you know what you should do this you should do that and you should change yeah. this and and like in 2019 i was just like you know what tamika you should do this for yourself like <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. like stop giving away all your free ideas and create it for yourself mm -hmm. and that's where it came from so what kind of skills are entrepreneurs need? Like sales, communications, anything else like that? Yeah, those are like the soft skills. But the hard skills is mm -hmm. you need determination. You have yeah. to be, you have to take initiative and you have to be able to be by yourself. Mm -hmm. Like the loneliest people 
are successful entrepreneurs. We're very lonely. Why? Because you you need to at least have, I take an hour and a half a day just mm-hmm. to sit and create different um, like aspects of my company that I feel like can grow more. Mm-hmm. So that solitude, like you need to be able to harness that solitude and um, then you have to have belief. Because yes. not every day, like, again, when you're a promoter, you don't have a back of cheerleaders that's like, go, go. Like, mm-hmm. You don't have that until you start creating traction and then everyone knows your brand. Mm-hmm. But before then, it's like you're your own cheerleader. Yeah. And so if you are easily intimidated, then being an entrepreneur is not your, you need to be an employee. Mm-hmm. Because here it's, And people say it's a cutthroat business. I don't see it as being cutthroat. I see Mm -hmm. it as being, you must be very determined. And nothing can throw you off of your end game, like the end goal. If you don't have an end goal in what you're doing, then each day is just like grinding the will. But if you know that you have an end goal and you, the, the thing is with entrepreneurs, I think, is mm-hmm. setting a plan in action and like every day trying to make that plan even greater. Mm-hmm. That is like the skills I think you need in order to pursue entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. But anyone can be an entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, it just determines on your willpower. Mm-hmm. You know, so. You know, so it's that like, so you do you help people um, like find employees and stuff like that, right? Correct. So, what makes like the good a good employee like somebody to hire? Uh so you have what's called dream assistants, right? Mm-hmm. A dream assistant is an individual that believes in your dream. Yes. That's a dream assistance. No matter what your dream is, they want to come and add value to what you've already created. Mm -hmm. So there are people that just want to be a dream assistant. And then there's people who want to be a dreamer. And I think what makes a good employee is that once I meet you and I explain what my mission is, Mm -hmm. that you can enhance that mission. Not that you can just ride along with me, but you can mm-hmm. really enhance it. And that's what makes a good employee. If you see someone that's there just for a check and eventually you can find out, I can also give you ways of interviewing that you can find that out. Mm-hmm. That is not a good employee because they don't even believe in themselves. So how can they yeah. believe in you? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but things that make a great employee is just, Someone that is not a jumper, and and again, you have to have, you know, there's a lot of different words I look for. Mm -hmm. Adaptability is low on the the totem pole, but that is one. Um, They can adapt to different situations, but I need someone who has, you know, autonomy and that Mm -hmm. can take initiative. These are people that you want to be around you when you're creating your success, um, you're, you're a successful company. You want mm-hmm. people that want to be successful around you. And it's hard. It's hard to find that employee um, that harnessed 
these qualifications, mm -hmm. but there's a way to find out. And so with today's climate, more people are like doing jobs for like two to five years. So which is great. Is that a good thing or is that more of like it's, it's just a like great a transition? Thing. Okay. No, it's a great thing for an individual. And I'm gonna tell you why. Mm -hmm. Because when I read your resume and I see that you've been somewhere ten years, mm -hmm. someone else would say, Oh my goodness, they have great tenure. They've been here ten years. Mm -hmm. And this world today in this tech world this media world this mm -hmm. creative world if you tell me that you've been somewhere for 10 years that is an individual i can't hire right now why mm -hmm. because that means that i have to retrain you to think the way that my corporation think because you've been there 10 years and the way they do their company has been mm -hmm. embedded in you like yeah. for 10 years, you woke, you know, you, you wake up, you do the same exact thing. Like I look intro. for people. Yeah. I look for people that want to grow. And the only way mm -hmm. that you can grow is to step out of your boundary, mm -hmm. you know, and in the way that you step out of your boundary is you step into a whole new culture. So mm -hmm. if you tell me two to five years, like that's the best to see on your resume that you've been somewhere three years and you went somewhere else for another three years. That is mm -hmm. a person that is looking to climb and, and, and harnessing their own dream. Like they feel like, you know what? I don't want to be stagnant. Yeah. I want to continue to grow. So those are the, the people that I think are going to make it. And those are the ones that have higher salaries. I can show mm -hmm. you statistics where an individual that makes 10, that's been there for 10 years and the individual has been there for three years, two separate places makes mm -hmm. more. Yeah. Because they've learned more like applications. They learned more of how to decipher between what's great and what's not. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So two to five years speaking to new grads, that's what I would tell them. Okay. And with that, is how do you tell like somebody who's like doing stuff like that compared to somebody who's just like jumping from job to job, just trying to? Those are called jumpers. Okay. <laughs> so, the, what so a the jumper, mm -hmm. uh, a jumper is someone who's somewhere for six months or a year, and then mm -hmm. six months or a year, and then when you talk to them and you ask. Why did you leave? Like, why were you only there six months? And they're like, oh, my goodness, the culture, it was not great for me. Mm -hmm. Or, like, every reason is about the company. Yeah. It's always a negative. And that is an individual I don't want in my company. Because if you're going to speak negative on that company, you're definitely yeah. going to speak negative on my company when you leave. Mm -hmm. So when you meet these people and you talk to these people, you understand that they haven't honed into their greatness yet. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing is using every ample opportunity to mm -hmm. jump and then blame someone, someone else. And the best thing that I would tell people who are jumpers is before you take another opportunity, mm -hmm. research that company or take a temp assignment. Mm -hmm. And a temp assignment does not have to go on your resume. But it also gives you time to see if this is the company you want to be, mm -hmm. that you want to grow with. Because if not, you're losing and you're losing valuable time on your resume by us looking mm -hmm. at you as a jumper. 
you yeah. haven't honed into like what is your greatest um quality yet i didn't mm -hmm. know that i love communication until i started baruch and yeah. then after taking so many communication classes mm -hmm. that was like where i wanted to be yeah so sometimes it takes time for you to see where you need to be but if you take too much time, then you discredit mm -hmm. your resume and you're never going to be able to get to that level where you want to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So somebody is a jumper. You said like to um, take 10 jobs. How do, one of the main problems people have from like just from starting college to like even after college is like finding themselves. How does somebody find themselves? Like, find so I would skills say like before college, it mm -hmm. It would not matter. I cannot also okay. show you how to put it on your resume so that you lump it together. Like you mm -hmm. don't show the tenure, you lump it together, and then you show the tenure for all of them added together. Yeah. And then label like that's the best. Now after college, um, internships are always great. Mm -hmm. And if you are somewhere for a little less than a year, let's just use that as an internship. That was like you you were learning and so yeah. let's continue to say that but i think the way that you find out what it is you want to be is of course you that pre-college and during college work mm -hmm. this is a time that you need to start writing down the qualifications of what makes a great boss the mm -hmm. qualifications of what makes a great culture start writing these things down and unfortunately i don't think enough um advisors college advisors i hope they're mm -hmm. not mad at me when i say mm -hmm. this but i don't think they take enough time into helping you figure out what is going to be the best career path for you they want to know they got you a job and they can put it on the statistics that they help this many students yeah. but it's more than that you really have to, and you have to take it upon yourself as well to figure out what is going to be best for your future. Where mm -hmm. do you see yourself? I did not see myself um, owning my own recruiting company, but I did yeah. see myself as a recruiter. Mm -hmm. So I seen that vision. And then once I started to learn more and more about recruitment and mm -hmm. I started to learn about the biases that happen in diversity in, in recruitment, it yeah. made me grow my, um, it just made me grow my passion more of wanting to be behind the desk of yeah. a company that helps diversity recruitment. So mm -hmm. that was like, you know, a three year run before I even got to sit right here. But each time I continued to uh, make sure that I wrote down what I valued. Mm -hmm. And each year it changed. My values change every year, like, mm -hmm. you know, what I want. And I think that's what students should start to do. And they should start to teach it from mm -hmm. freshman year on. Yeah. So that they are not like stagnant after graduation of what do I want to do in my life? And then they start taking all these minimal jobs that mm -hmm. doesn't accumulate to get to that great one. Yeah. So that's what I think they should do. Also, advisors should take accountability for what I just said. Mm -hmm. Also, what do you say to somebody who like did like three years of college, got to a major, and then studied it and didn't like it, but it's like stuck between continuing to go to school a little more years and figure out who they are, or just finishing out and then 
just finishing like the four years that everybody wants to finish the four years. That makes so, sense. I would say I've met many of geniuses that are not in the profession of what they graduated with. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not. But I've met many geniuses that need a mentor. The mentor yeah. is what, so whatever you love, and that's what, I mean, it sounds so cliche, but you, you need, when you get to the level where, where I am, I must love this in order mm-hmm. to do it every day and thrive. So I would tell them, find out what you love. That may not be what you're majoring in, right? Mm-hmm. You may be majoring in political science <laughs> and you don't love it. You want to be yeah. on Wall Street. Get a mentor. Mm-hmm. Get many mentors, as many as you can, um, and start to like adapt their world. And go on that world. There's, it's not set in stone that you must major in what you're going to be. Yeah. At that time, as I just told you, each year your values change. I don't know yeah. about every individual, but each year my values change of what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say the mentors play a strong role in mm-hmm. everything that creates a, a college grad. So get a mentor. And uh, mm-hmm. I appreciate Baruch. They they have a great mentor program, and that's how like my mentor. Um, as soon as I met her, she said, "What do you want to be?" And I said, "A recruiter." And mm-hmm. she said, "No one wants to be a recruiter. Like they fall into it. Like they may mm-hmm. go to HR, but they just don't want to be a recruiter." Mm-hmm. But I did. I knew that, and and she seen that passion in me, and then she put me in Cushman and Wakefield, mm-hmm. and from Cushman and Wakefield. Um, as of like, I'm sitting here today because I knew what I love. I knew mm-hmm. I love like talking to people. I didn't know to, they don't teach you recruiting in college that I know about. Um, but once I got on the floor of Cushman and Wakefield and learned how to really recruit and how to read a resume and mm-hmm. how to interview. And once I learned those things, I knew that was what I wanted to be. And it all started from a mentor. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, engulf yourself into what you think you love, no matter what it is, um, and still get that degree mm-hmm. and then go after what you love. And, and that's what you can see when you interview people, mm-hmm. if they love it or they hate their job. Mm-hmm. You can talk to them and see yeah. if, you know, if they're just trying to get a check, it's different. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to put down anyone at the DMV. But I don't know if they love their job. Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just think a mentor is the best way to go. Mm-hmm. And then with that, do you think like grades are like as important as people, like students put the pressure on themselves? Or is it more of like what skills and experience you have in addition to like having okay, like having grades? All right, so I don't know. Like mm-hmm. my child, I am not gonna to like hover over him and make mm-hmm. sure that I want him to be like I want him to be great. I want him to like excel in everything that he does, mm-hmm. but I don't want him to feel that that marking on a piece of paper is gonna determine who he is. Mm-hmm. And I think we do that. Like at a younger yeah. age, we do that to our children. 
And then when we become grown, we're like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Like my bank account does not determine if I'm going to receive an A or a B, um, mm-hmm. but my drive and my will does. And that really showcases when you are. So, so this is how, where I think it showcases. If you are unable to commit to completing your class to your best ability, Mm-hmm. And it's going to be hard for me. I'm not going to look at your grades, but that determination, if you're able to commit mm-hmm. to my company to be the best that you can be. So if you're so used to not trying and not putting your best foot forward, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to reflect on you in life. That doesn't mean that you have to receive it, you know, a 4.0 when you graduate, but yeah. it does mean that you tried your best. And if mm-hmm. you, submitted a paper in English and it wasn't great. And she said, well, you need to go see the English tutor and you don't go, Mm -hmm. you know, like that is what makes a determination. But I don't think like the marking of what it was. I failed film at Baruch. Film? Mm -hmm. How do you fail film? Like that, that is terrible. But that's going to always be my story. Like, and I got a D, I'm like, how did I get a D? But I know how I got a D. I wasn't watching the freaking movies. I was like yeah. trying to <laughs> trying to go around it. But he knew I wasn't watching the movies. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't determine like who I am right now. Yeah. It just made me understand that. Like if you're not putting your best foot forward, it's going to reflect in your life. Mm-hmm. So I would say try as hard as you can. And just know, like, even though sometimes you might not get a top score, but you know that you try is like another skill. And like, this may not be like the thing you're gonna win, but if you try to show like the same determination tactics in a different setting, they work out better. Correct. Mm-hmm. Things will work out better. Like, right? Like, maybe that wasn't the best setting for you. Maybe that wasn't the best teacher to teach you. Maybe like mm-hmm. you know, it's other circumstances yeah. that you are not able to be great. Um, maybe that was a bad time in your life, but mm-hmm. as long as you learn for it, from it and continue to try hard, um, mm-hmm. you're going to succeed regardless. Mm-hmm. And that's going to make a difference of the way that you now proceed um, with other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And also today's climate, um, People are looking less into nine to fives. They're looking to more like self-employment and everything. Mm-hmm. So Work-life balance. Yeah. Oh, listen. I am a promoter. Like companies would really hate me because mm-hmm. I am a promoter of work-life balance. I recently um, hired two new employees. Yay! Mm-hmm. Um. But even with them, I do not want them to constantly check in with me. We all mm-hmm. work remotely, but don't yeah. tell me if you have a doctor's appointment or don't tell me like, just go and then like do your work because this is how I feel. If we continue mm-hmm. to baby our employees, like mm-hmm. where, you know, breastfeed them, mm-hmm. hand feed them constantly, they are unable to grow and eventually take over your company because yeah. they're so used to like checking in with you and making sure you don't give them the uh, 
ability to think on their own, to grow on their own. So to mm -hmm. me, companies are losing when they want to jail a person down from nine to five, mm -hmm. Monday through Friday, they get an hour lunch and they get, you know, like that, like that's why the customer service um, industry is so like, it's such a high turnover mm -hmm. because and those are the jumpers. You're going to really see yeah. jumpers in customer service um, because it's like you get a 10 minute, uh, you get a 10 minute break. And then if you have to go to the restroom, you hit a button and then you go like, that is unimaginable to me, to yeah. me, at, to me at this point. Like mm -hmm. if someone were to say like, we want you to come work for me and you know, but you have to tell me every place that you are and you have to tell me, um, you get this amount of time off or an hour to go eat. I couldn't imagine it now mm -hmm. because I'm so free. And I think this is why the tech industry and the hedge funds are booming with people jumping ship to go work mm -hmm. there because, and some, some of the creative, because it gives you time to really uh, value yourself and value the company. Mm -hmm. So I would say moving forward to like recent grads or things like that, look for an environment that enables you to excel and mm -hmm. that, that way you're, you would benefit the company better. Yeah. You know, like instead of like calling me faking like you're sick, mm -hmm. you just tell me you want to work from home today. And this would provide more a healthier um, work-life balance, but it's also gonna provide a healthier workforce, mm -hmm. right? Because as, if you look at it, like in the last 10 years, mental illness has like skyrocketed. I remember yeah. when I was in Baruch and my psychology teacher, um, she, we were just talking about the mental, mental health mm -hmm. issues that are, now just escalating mm -hmm. and it comes a lot with can you imagine that like you work nine hours a day but yeah. it takes you an hour to get there an hour to get home especially if you live in new york city you know and an hour to get there an hour to get home and then so basically you're giving this company almost 60 hours per week yeah 60 hours per week and then you get like the time to be with your children if you have children or your friends you get like maybe 12, 20, 12 hours to be with them. Mm -hmm. Like after a while, your your mental capacity is at an all time low. Mm -hmm. So you don't know how to decipher from work mm -hmm. or enjoying yourself. Like it just becomes a routine. So I think in order for companies to really, really excel with their employees, they're going to have to change the way that we look at Mm -hmm. being an employee you know and, and, and look at it more of being a member of a, of a family because yeah. basically that's your family mm -hmm. um, and so I think that 9 to 5 needs to be scratched you yeah, know you may have like 10 to 4 you may have like you know I just even think the word 9 should be scratched like <laughs> why does everything have to start at 9 like me, I wake up every day at 4.30. I start all my emails at 6.30. Mm -hmm. Why can I not start and work 6.30 to 1? 
right? So it's just um, it's just something that's set in stone, but that that stone has to break. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you're going to see it break because of Generation Z. Is that what it's mm-hmm. called? Generation Z, right? Yeah. Generation Z, they they are going to change the way that uh, we live life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, like some companies are starting doing four days a week and stuff like that, like testing them out. So it's not necessarily yeah, how that works. Yeah, a lot of work. tech companies they do like not only I I would go inside of the company. So a lot of the companies where mm-hmm. you don't have your own cubicle anymore. There's not a set place where you sit. That changes mental health as well. Because mm-hmm. imagine looking at the same four little cube walls, the same pictures, the same, like you do everything the same. And in a lot of companies, what they're doing is they don't have a set seating arrangement. So it's just like when you come in, you sit down and you start mm-hmm. working. That helps as well too, because now, sorry, mm-hmm. now you're not being held accountable for this little space. Yeah. It just feels like the whole company is yours. Mm-hmm. So I think it it needs to change, like the time, the work week. I think if you had it where you work less during a week, you'll see a lot of people ready to log in on the Saturday mm-hmm. because they have time on Wednesday, you mm-hmm. know, to hang with their friends. And so, like on Saturday, yeah, I'll give you two, three hours. That's no problem. But we do need to like revamp the way our parents worked. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's the only way that we're gonna have a healthy workforce. Yeah. And with that, how does somebody know that they're making the right decision or like they just have to take a leap of faith? And and what? Like in career wise? Probably career, life, just like I guess like that mindset of like you're like a crossroads and you just don't know which one's the right path and you just gotta take that leap of faith. Yeah, see, well, um, that's where it comes with, to me, writing down your dreams and your goals, mm-hmm. right? So I have a dream book and it's just things that I want to achieve and mm-hmm. It's my strategic plan of life. Like, mm-hmm. it may not work out that way, right? Because I want yeah. $654 million. I may not get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just have this plan in life. Like, I have a fear of going to jail. So I know mm-hmm. I'm never going to go to jail because I'm yeah. scared. Um, but when you have a strategic plan of where you want to be, Mm-hmm. You your outlook of life is different. So when you meet someone and you know that they're not good for you, you're like, no, mm-hmm. that doesn't sound like it's going to be you know conducive to the plan I have. But then when you meet someone um, and they're they're telling you things and you're like, oh my goodness, I wanted to build a studio. Now you met a person who's talking about a studio. So it comes with you know the entombment of who you are. But if you mm-hmm. don't have it on paper, then it doesn't really exist. I mean, that's what we say in the business world. So I would tell anyone, like, start with creating what you want in your life. And and those Mm -hmm. are the things that tends to come. Um, But if you don't have a plan, then everything throws you off. And like, you have a plan at 20. 
right? Like, you just, you just don't, but because no one really tells you that they tell you like, write down your to-do list, Mm -hmm. what you need to do today and what you need to do tomorrow. But let's take it a step farther and say, let's write down, you know, your life list. Mm -hmm. What do you want to acquire? Maybe not today, but what, what is the things that you want to acquire? And every day do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'll have you, you know, something for you to look back on to say, yeah, I I acquired that. I did that. Oh, I didn't do that. I'm still working on this. And I think that, you know, there's no needs. There's no reason to walk a tightrope every day. Yeah. I don't believe. Um, I think you just set in stone what the things that you want around you. Mm -hmm. And that's what becomes. It sounds easy. I mean, someone who <laughs> told me that when I was 20, I was like, listen, you need to keep floating on that ferry boat <laughs> that you're on. But now, like, on the, the older me looking back at the younger me, I wish someone would have told me that at 20. Like, mm-hmm. as of today, start writing down your drinks, things you want, where you want to go. Like, start mm-hmm. creating a list. Um and start to follow that list because that list is coming from your heart. Um, and I think that's that's all an individual should do. Mm-hmm. You're going to have ups and downs, but yeah. um, like if you can, you know, if you can curate your life on paper and you can see it um, on paper, then the downs are not going to outweigh the ups because mm-hmm. it's what you're creating in your life and the downs are just going to be teachable moments yeah yeah so with that what would you say your biggest challenge as an entrepreneur is my biggest challenge is um branding mm-hmm. um you know because i just told you i was at cushman and wakefield that's a large yeah. brand right so if I, and then I, when I left Cushman and Wakefield, I went to another company where our phones rang daily because of the name of the company. Yeah. Right. So then when I decided January, 2020, I'm going to start my dream staffing agency. It's like, why is my phone not ringing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, um, it's more of just getting out what your brand stands for that is Mm -hmm. the hardest thing because i can source for anyone like any company that needs my help i can source for them but that's not Mm -hmm. my brand my brand is making sure that i'm focusing on diversity recruitment like Mm -hmm. i want to make a big splash in the diversity recruitment the biases of diversity recruitment so it's hard to get that information out without sounding you know, like, like it's racial kind yeah. of like, oh, oh, you're, you're only focusing on one race to get them jobs. Mm-hmm. And that's not what it is. It's more of trying to get the information out that this does exist. Yeah. Recruitment bias, you know, in the diversity market exists. So um, just branding would be my biggest struggle. Mm-hmm. But it's working. Yeah. <laughs> You continue to talk about it enough, people get tired. Like, okay, okay, come tell yeah. me about it. <laughs> so, that's my biggest hurdle. But everything else, like I've already had clients, 
you know, my name is out there as far mm -hmm. as some of the larger institution of placing some of the highest candidates in that mm -hmm. institution. So again, like getting clients has not really been a big thing. Okay. It's just the branding of who you are. Yeah. And also, how do you like explain to somebody that everybody has their own, like they run at their own pace in life? That everyone has their own pace? Yeah. I know, right? Because I'm 41 mm -hmm. and I have friends that at 27, they were like, oh my goodness, how did you, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, what are you drinking and make you so smart? Like at 27, I still like wanted to be in the club and, you mm -hmm. know, I couldn't shake the club. I couldn't shake. It's like, how? But. Um, again, I think it comes with like everyone has a accelerator, right? Mm -hmm. And you can either push it to the max and then burn out at 35 or you can like slow roll it. And then, mm -hmm. you know, cause our, in our mind, we hope to pray that we're going to be like 80 before we pass. Right. Yeah. So are you telling me that you want everything by age 25? So what do you have to look forward to? So I would tell everyone that, again, we're all made different, but equal. Mm -hmm. So do things that make you feel good. Even even though we are equal, we're, we're individuals. And mm -hmm. what feels good to me and what makes me happy, you know, taking trips every two months may not make you happy. That makes me yeah. happy. So I want to do things that I can be happy, that I can mm -hmm. take these trips every two months. And, and I think that each person should stop comparing themselves. That's the only thing that I don't like about social media is because yeah. it makes children and it makes people accelerate their dreams. Mm -hmm. So they see that you're selling on the boat, you're 22 and they're 22. Now they feel like they haven't done anything in life mm -hmm. because they're not sailing away on the boat at 22. So I think that each individual, the best thing that we can do is stay individualized in our dreaming. Mm -hmm. I can't dream for you and I don't want yeah. to dream for you. I only want to dream of, of what inspire, you know, like what is going to inspire Tamika mm -hmm. and what's going to make Tamika smile. And if we do that and we stop comparing ourselves, you know, social media is great as far as like business and showing off like what you've done and what you've accomplished. But mm -hmm. when you take it in as, um, you know, the negative downside of it is that like, I wish that was me when yeah. you take it in like that. Um, you're not, you've gave them the power of dreaming for you. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's what it is. If we just focus in on what makes us happy then we can make the world happy because if we're miserable then we're not adding happiness to the world mm -hmm. so i think that's what it is just know that each one is separate and your your rate is not my rate this yeah. is not a race actually it's not a race mm -hmm. um and if we think like that i think we'll be more happier mm -hmm. yeah so for me i'm 22 and there's a rapper he's 23 there's another guy who's like 23, but he holds his own business. There's somebody who works on a mom's job, 
It was also like twenty three, but we all like do like four different parts of our lives. And, right. Like, I'm still like, I guess beginning like starting the podcast, starting things new, and then the person, my mom's coworker, I have one of my wristbands for my podcast on, and then I listen <laughs> to the rapper's music, and then like the person who has his own business, he's pretty much the same way as me, but had like graduated three majors and everything. I was like, we all at the same age, but we're all like at different, different spots, yeah. At different times of your life, like. And I compared it to the same way you just compared it. I can see all my, as you were talking, I've seen all my friends. Yeah. Like we're all different. And mm-hmm. we're able to add a little sprinkle to each other's dream. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm dreaming of something. She's already completed it. She can kind of help me get to that level by giving me information. And then it's someone else who didn't even think about starting their company. We're the same age, but now they see me. Now they want to start a company. So I think it enhances people's dream, but it shouldn't mm-hmm. be a hindrance. Yeah. When you're around someone else that is at a higher level than you, um, it's, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's I don't know how many billion people in the world, but someone's going to be higher than the next at all times. Yeah. I think that we should like see them, take it in, let that either like motivate us. You know, mm-hmm. or slow us down because it's like, you know, yeah, he's 22, he has all these cars, but then he has so much stress, and I don't want to be there. So, that it, you know, it, it's like the yin and the yang, it's the good and the bad. It just it helps us, um, it motivates us, and sometimes it can scare us, but yeah, it should be all be teachable moments that you know, your speed is just not my speed. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. You know, so I think that is what the world needs to hear. Mm-hmm. Is that, um, you know, I don't want to keep saying social media, but that social media is not, it's not the end all. You yeah. know, it's not like, oh my goodness, if I didn't make it to social media and I didn't get like 27,000 views on this, that then that means I'm nothing. Mm-hmm. Like that's not how we should see it so um yeah i just think we all should see ourselves as individuals that make up one great world mm-hmm. yeah so what time you have to leave so i keep track of time 12 30 i don't know what time it is it's 12, oh, 12. yeah cool so with that what can what are your next steps after like right now like more like expanding or like diversifying anything stuff like that yeah so i'm expanding Mm -hmm. i um i'm in new york city but i'm from ohio Mm -hmm. natty so i'm definitely going to open a location there if not in 2020 then 2021 Mm -hmm. i'm in the middle of building my house in ohio as well um and then i want to have another location in miami Mm mm-hmm uh, another thing that I want to do is I'm like in the Senegalese world. Yeah. So I definitely want to have a location, if not a location, then some sorcerers in um, Senegal. And the reason mm-hmm. why I want to do all of this is because recruiting, as I just told you, that my mentor said, no one wants to recruit. But this is a very beneficial industry. Yeah. Um, 
not able or are you able to like work remotely, but you provide the, the, the next vision of a company. So I'm telling you about diversity and because of me, like mm -hmm. adding these candidates that are diverse, I'm changing the whole mission statement of companies. Mm -hmm. And so if we're able to do that, like, you know, each one, teach one, if you're able to do that, then eventually we're going to change how companies, it's mandatory how companies interview us. Mm -hmm. It's mandatory how companies select us. It's not like they are now selecting us to make their quota. They're selecting us without even having the biases of who we are. They're mm -hmm. selecting us because we're a great candidate. Um, so that is definitely what I want to do. I also give a career breakthrough seminar at Morgan mm -hmm. Stanley. And that is for individuals that for every question that you just asked today that has these questions and are unable to really hone into their career. And it's because there's a lot of aspects at play that you can't receive in school. Um, again, unfortunately, our student advisors or school career advisors, if they're only making 55,000, they can only mm -hmm. give you $55,000 worth of information, right? So you, if you are trying to exceed beyond that, what, what happens? Where do you go to get this information? Mm -hmm. So I created career breakthrough, um, because I was sourcing for a lot of salaries that are above 110, 120,000. The individual could have attained that salary. It's just a lot of different things were missing. Um, so I teach you how to interview. I teach mm -hmm. you how to write your resume. I teach you how to style yourself. I bring in stylists. And I teach you how to know your worth. I bring in life coaches um, because a lot of times we don't know our worth. We mm -hmm. think we're just an employee. And so I want to change that stigma behind, you know, that, and that's why I created Career Breakthrough so that we know that like they need us more than we need them. Mm -hmm. As far as like candidates, companies need candidates more than candidates needs companies. So, um, and I want to take that everywhere too and make mm -hmm. sure that in a lot of the inner cities, they don't know this information that we know, like as far as how to read a resume and, you know, and how to present yourself. A lot of this is not taught. Um, mm -hmm. So if I can be the conduit, conduit that uh, initiates this talk, um, that's what I want to do. So you say like biases, stuff like that. What kind of biases are there like in the hiring? Um, um, so there's about 14 different biases. I'll just give mm -hmm. you like two, like one is called the halo effect. And um, the halo effect and what that is, is that, yeah, this is a great one because you graduated from Baruch. So I automatically love you. I haven't mm -hmm. even seen your resume, but I love you. So when you come in, I resonate with that. Yeah. Right. So now you're going to make it through. He's not off of that. That's one of the, the biases. And, and the hardest thing is the Ivy League biases. So if you mm -hmm. graduated from an Ivy League and no fault to Cushman and Wakefield that I'm going to say this, but they only wanted Ivy League students. So we would travel around to the Ivy League schools, interview them. They would come in. Um, we would interview them. And that's who we would send out um, offer letters to. I've never sent an offer letter to a person at Baruch. Mm -hmm. when I was at Cushman and Wakefield, you know, because they felt that these children received the best um, education. And yeah. so that's why they wanted to acquire these students. And, and, and that's 
totally wrong. Like I keep saying Baruch because you get the best bang for your buck. All my teachers were from Ivy League schools. Like mm-hmm. they taught great. Um, they had a great structure, a great student plan. So mm-hmm. that is a bias right there that we need to overcome. And that's because we read their resume and we think we automatically know who they are based off of their resume. Mm-hmm. I can read your resume and see your last name and then say, oh, you know what? I don't know. Mm-hmm. B- based off of your last name. Like, yeah. you know, that is terrible to me. Or like I just had a, can't, a client three weeks ago that wanted me to look at the LinkedIn profile picture of the person that left and compare my candidates to her picture. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not taking you as a client because right there you're letting me know that you know, the discrimination that's going to occur um, for every other resume that I send you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's hard. There's a lot of things that has to happen just in our world, per se, for this to change. But there's a lot of small things that we can do um, as far as giving the information to recruitment, in-house recruitment. So you have in-house recruitment, which is called HR. Then you have yeah. staffing agencies like me. It's best if the company outsource all of their hiring to companies like me. Because then what happens is the recruiters that are in-house, what they tend to do is choose people that they think fit into the culture. Mm -hmm. So if you tell me you love volleyball on Saturdays and this, this, that, and as we're talking, I understand that you, yeah, you should work here because we all love, this is what we do. Like this Mm -hmm. is how you know, but if you have an outsourced company that is um, doing an interview for you and only giving you the the candidates that match the qualification, this is going to change the culture of your company. So those are some of the, you know, the biases that I think um, it's never brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I've seen. It was a lot of like push it under the rug or just send them here, send them a candidate like this. And that's unfair to the majority yeah. of us who are very qualified to work there. So if we have that knowledge, maybe it starts to change. Cool. And you also say you bring in style and stuff like that. So how do you leverage your um like relationships to get like people that help they need? Or, like, how do you So you say you bring in style and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you leverage your relationships and stuff? That you made over the years to help you with your business. Oh, um, I'm a communicator, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I like to be in the place. Like I do a lot of networking. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to networking like maybe two or three times per week. Just different uh, networking events that happen. Mm-hmm. And then two, I do a lot of this like one on ones where. I want to learn about you. I want you to learn about me. And then mm-hmm. one day, my passion, you know, it, we just keep that open communication, whether I talk to you once a month or, you know, every other month right now, um, it's kind of just flowing to me because I just open this firm. And so I get a lot of like advice and I take mm-hmm. it, you know, and I appreciate it. And I think that's what it is. You just have to be an individual that is open and willing to take advice. 
and people want to hang around people like that where they feel like they can help you and mm-hmm. you're reciprocal of it um and that's how you know i'm not again i'm not from new york city so none of these people are like oh i grew up with her and i you know mm-hmm. i don't know i just um, meet them along the way and just keep an open communication with them of like how they where they are how they're doing you know i mm-hmm. i care so that's how I'm just looking at the time. Okay. No such thing thought. But um. So with like staffing and everything. Staffing. So, so I'm just saying, I'm trying to think of a question. So um, how do you try to combat these biases that are in um, I've I've um built. I try to teach people about their resume, right? Mm-hmm. So your resume says a lot about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because when we were in school, we were taught, this is how you do your resume. Uh, and after you get out of school, like no one else teaches you how to update your resume. Yeah. So a lot of things are about your resume. Like number one, if you do know languages, mm-hmm. right? and your home language just to say is Spanish and your last name is Rodriguez, unfortunately, my bias says, okay, he has an accent, mm-hmm. right? And most of our clients, when you talk to them, they don't want to hear a person with an accent. So like that is a bias that just automatically happens. So what I would tell an individual is, English is your first language. You are in America. That's your first language. Even though if it's not, that's your language. So you don't have to put language English. That lets me know that English is not your first language. Mm -hmm. Right? So I wouldn't put language on there. Skills, I don't, I tell everyone skills are only things that you can teach someone else. Mm Mm-hmm. So for your skills, don't put like adaptable, work on time. Like, I don't know what those skills are. Just put skills that you could teach someone. That would be Microsoft Office Suite, Google Suite, you know, and what other other apps that you know that pertains to this. When you're writing your summary, don't write a summary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's that easy. Don't write a summary. Just really tell me what, like you could put an objection Objective and on your objective is to acquire a such and such position in a corporate setting. That's your only objective. Like it's just minimal that lets me know because the more writing you you put, the more I read it, I can tell you're linguistic. Mm-hmm. And so that alone is a bias that I think that we can combat. Um, you know, take away the power from the recruiters, from the HR. It's hard to tell you not to put your LinkedIn up there, but because I love when a person puts their LinkedIn on their resume. Um, but the picture thing, I don't love the picture thing. Mm-hmm. Like I don't love the picture thing on LinkedIn. I would love to see your profile just to make sure that your profile matches your your resume. Mm-hmm. But the picture, like it, it just throws everyone off. And if you're gonna have a picture up there, just please make sure that it's as professional as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they can't make any like, you know, suggestions based off your picture of why you would not fit in that culture. 
Um, but other than that, on my end, how to combat biases is really you have to take the power away from in-house. Mm-hmm. That's the only way because us recruiters, we don't see anyone that works at the company. I meet with the hiring manager or the CEO only. I'm mm-hmm. not really like traveling around through the company to meet each employee. I meet the CEO or the hiring manager. They tell me what they're looking for and I can send them qualified candidates, mm-hmm. not candidates that, that matches the culture. And that yeah. way change the culture. Cool. So for time, I'm going to like cut, cut it short. Well, we okay. talk for like an hour. That's great. Yes. So just as the last segment where you already did it when you said your name, your origin story. Can you say okay. it one more time? Okay. Can say, say my name. name? The, the, oh, the origin story one more time. The what story? Origin story, like the beginning, the first question. Okay. So what's the name of the story again? You said it earlier. Oh, the power of happiness. Yeah, the power of happiness. Yes. So why would I call it the power of happiness? Yeah. Um, when I was little, I went to an all-white school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the, the seventh uh, of seven siblings. And so at home, I'm the, the black, I'm the youngest. So I was mm-hmm. black. And every day, I would go to school and golf in this white world. And then my name is Tamika. Mm-hmm. So, like, it just, everything felt like um, my movie, my anime would just be this little girl making it through, like, this sea mm-hmm. of, like, this, I don't know, sea of white birds, I don't know, um, this little black bird, and I don't know if I was the prettiest, I now consider myself pretty, but I don't know if I was the prettiest, you know, that little, in the sea of these white birds, and, and I just felt like a black bird that was never going to make it, until I started to get my wings and and like now I'm here where I'm equal and yeah I'm a black bird but you know all the white birds want to eat with me so it just yeah and it all came from just I don't know if I always knew my power Mm -hmm. but I had to have some type of power yeah in order to make it through with my black friends I would be like why are you talking like that you know, and then my white friends is like, why is your hair like that? Like, mm-hmm. and it was just so um, uneven, I believe, but just that power of believing in myself and that power of happiness. Like I stayed mm-hmm. happy. Everyone that you talk to, like in my past would say, she was always happy. I laugh at everything. And I think the power of happiness got me to this place right here. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you, Ezekiel. I'm going to send you an invite for mm-hmm. Thursday. I would love for you to come. It's 6.30. It's in Times Square at Morgan Stanley. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then okay. You know, share with your network would be great, too. I'll send mm-hmm. you the flyer. Okay. Thank you. And thank then for this video, I can send it to you. I'm going to edit it. Since I'm only having one angle, I could just edit. I could just make the intro outro and edit that real quick. And All right, because... I'm not in a rush to receive it. You can just do okay. it whenever, and whenever it's done, I'll receive it. Because the way I'm doing the um interviews is that since I'm only one person, I'm gonna do like thirty a year. So this would be like okay. the first or the second season. Okay. 
So I can send it to you before then, and then you can release it on your end, and then I will release it on my end, like about January, June. June? Yeah. So okay. your end, you can release it earlier. And no, yeah. Just send it to me whenever it's ready. I want it, and make sure that I look cute. Like, you know, whatever <laughs> yeah. you need to do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, because I did the first season between last year and this year, so right now I'm releasing that as it goes. And starting to get ready for season two. That is great. Like, whatever I can do to, like, offer support or get you mm -hmm. followers or whatever, like, let me know. Um, oh, every Tuesday, I do Dream Tuesdays mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. So, if you, you want to be a Dream Tuesday. Okay. At uh, what All time? Right. Huh? Wait. What does that mean, at what time? Cause... No, Dream Tuesday is I just put a picture up on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And I talk about your dream. Okay. Yeah, so, it works. Yeah, and, and at least it'll get you like followers on podcasts or whatever. Just mm -hmm. anything I can do, let me know, and I'm here to do it. Okay, I can be June Tuesday. Thank you. Okay. That brings another episode of the Let's Get Podcast to a close. Again, you can go to mydreamstaffing.com to get more information. And for next week, I have a great artist named King High to talk about his journey with music. Hope we continue your nice day and I hope to see you there.